Hi there and welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. If you are a dog professional, listen up because we've got something really cool coming soon to pause up dogs. After speaking to loads and loads of my dog professional peers and colleagues, I found that there wasn't really a space for people to go to share the more difficult side of the job that we do. So whether you're a veterinarian or a dog trainer, a behaviourist, a physiotherapist, canine hydrotherapy, whatever it is that you do, a groomer perhaps... We don't often talk about the more difficult side of our jobs, the emotional side of working with dogs and their people, whether we're working with a dog that's very anxious or shut down or aggressive, or whether we're working with people who are very anxious or upset or worried about the behaviour that they're seeing from their dog. Sometimes our job can be really, really hard, and it's important to have a space where you can talk confidentially about the difficult side of the job. Get some support from your peers in a place that you know you're not going to be judged, you're just going to be listened to and it's confidential so no one can hear all of those difficult emotions that you might be experiencing. If that sounds like something that would be useful to you, go and check in the show notes. There'll be a link there for you to sign up for the waiting list to find out and hear more information about this when it comes out or if you're listening after the launch date then there'll be an opportunity to sign up and join us. Okay, let's get to the episode. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist. And each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi there and welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. We are on episode number 35. Now, if you've been an avid listener, you will have heard that we've had a couple of episodes a while back about jumping up a few episodes ago. So if you do have a difficulty with a dog that jumps up, then I would suggest you go back and listen to episodes 28 and 29, part one and part two of this series, where I gave you my top tips, tip, top tips <laughs> for managing that. Um, however, today we're going to be answering a question from one of our listeners Camilla. Um, Camilla is also one of the members of Canine Connection which is our training membership so she has been listening to the podcast as well and she said there were some great tips in the other episodes but how do we manage jumping up when we have multiple dogs? So I'm going to focus in again on the experience of coming home and being greeted by your dog. So again, you could relate this to guests coming, you could relate this to your dogs meeting people in the street. There's all kinds of different um, scenarios in which jumping up might occur. However, we're going to just use the example today of how to cope if you're coming home and you're getting lots of dogs jumping all over you when you come in through the front door. So I just want to caveat this by saying initially that if you don't mind your dog jumping up then it's not a problem okay so if you don't care and you actually quite like it and your dog doesn't jump up and push small children over or people that are unsteady on their feet then you know it's not an issue however if it is something that worries you or maybe it's accompanied by other unwanted behaviors like nipping or or shoving or muzzle punching or anything that you don't like then here's some tips that you can use to help with that Okay, so using that example of you maybe coming in, you've been out for a couple of hours and your dogs are super happy to see you. (laughs) So I've got multiple dogs at home um, and if I was coming through the front door and all of them were jumping on me, I probably would be pushed over because they're big dogs. So 
I'm going to give you some very quick and dirty little tips. This is not going to be a long episode. What I will say as well is if you do have a house with multiple dogs, do go ahead and listen to episode 20 where I talk about some of the struggles and challenges of living with multiple dogs and some tips to help you with that in general. So I'm going to start with the most obvious answer to this question (laughs) and that is where you can train separately. So if you are looking for a very finished, polished behavior, so let's say when you come in through the front door, you would like all of your dogs to lie down as soon as they see you or to maybe come and sit next to your leg or to race to their bed or to grab a toy to redirect their excitement onto a toy, whatever, anything you like at all, then it is a little unreasonable to expect your dogs to learn that en masse (laughs) and I know it does come down to time when you've got multiple dogs and you might have lots of other things in your life as well so if you're looking for that very finished very kind of precise behavior response when you come through the door then I would say you need to then devote the time to working with each dog individually to teach them that okay so if that's what you're looking for, train separately. If you're not really looking for something very specific and polished, but you just want a calmer entry, then here are three tips that you can employ. So the first one is to train with a buddy. (laughs) So if you do have someone else at home or even a neighbor that you could employ to help you, then that would be fantastic. So we can do a few setup scenarios. So let's say that you have a partner at home, you go out for a few hours and you know that when you come through the front door, your dogs are going to be really excited to see you so that that training buddy you could give them a heads up you could give them a text or a call when you're due to come home and say right I'm coming through the door in in a minute one minute 30 seconds whatever um please can you make sure that the dogs are on their beds or please can you make sure that the dogs are on their leads so they can't reach me or please can you make sure that you've given the dogs a chew each so that they're busy when I come in and they're not going to be distracted so having a training buddy to help you is really really useful it means that you don't always have to be thinking about training but you can actually weave in those elements of real life so when you are coming home from work you just give them a quick heads up hey I'm coming in the door in 30 seconds so they're ready and prepared with whatever it is you've chosen (laughs) you want to do with your dogs in that scenario so a training buddy can be really really helpful The second thing is what I call a find it party. (laughs) So lots of you will play find it with your dog. Some people call it search. Um, And that's essentially where you just get some food rewards and you're just going to scatter them on your floor for your dog to find. Now, obviously, if you have dogs that have guarding difficulties, this is not going to be the option for you. So please do be careful and think about what the setup is in your home. But if your dogs are very comfortable with eating food around each other and there's no real competition, there then a find it party can be great fun so as soon as you come through that front door you've pre-prepared you've got some treats outside so you could have left them outside when you left the house they could be in your coat pockets they could be in your car whatever you come in the house and you've already got them you don't have to find them and as soon as you come in you're just going to throw a few handfuls at the floor and say find it find it and you might play that game for five minutes just nice quiet calm voice just directing the dogs to find it and what's going to happen there is their heart rate's going to come down the adrenaline's going to come down and they're using their nose and their eyes and focusing on that task so just find it onto the floor is one option 
Sometimes I like to have a bag. <laughs> so if you've got dogs that aren't frightened by bags, I would get like a big bag for life or something like that. And I would have some of the um, the kibble or the treats inside that bag. So my dogs love looking at what I've got in my bag. So like, oh, have you got anything for me in there? So I'd come in with a big bag for life with the kibble in there and I'd be like, hey, find it. And they've got to stick their heads in the bag and look in there. So what all of this is doing is it's actually getting the focus off of you and getting the focus down towards the ground. So you're far more likely to get all of that jumping up behavior because your dog is focusing down. (laughs) So that's where that can be really, really helpful. The third um, version of this game, if you've got an enclosed backyard or back garden, is that as soon as you open that door, you encourage your dogs to come outside and you sprinkle on the ground. So either you've pre-sprinkled on your way in, if that's possible, or you're sprinkling as you go on the ground and you're saying, find it, find it. So it's a little bit more tricky that way. It's a bit more of a treasure hunt because it's not as obvious where it is and it's going to take them a little bit longer. So if you need, you feel like you need a bit more time for your dogs to really decompress and calm down, then that's when that might be an option as well. And you can do any combination of these games. So you could do one, two, and three all together, or just pick one or two of them and mix it up a little bit for your dog. So yes, it is a distraction exercise. Technically, it's a management exercise rather than a a training or a behavior modification, but it's actually quite easy and fun to do. It doesn't take too much of your time. And that way, you know that you're going to have a peaceful entrance to the house rather than what often happens is that we come in, we get all the wild over excitement and then we try and do something about it. And by then it's often too late and our dog is too wound up to be able to learn. So instead, this can be a nice segue in. And then maybe after you've finished the find it game, then you could look at um, doing a little bit of training or something like that. Okay. So that's like a little bit of a treasure hunt (laughs) that we've got as our third option there. So they are the main things that I want to go through today. The last thing I want to mention to you as well is sometimes if you've got a multiple dog household, you'll have one dog that's really struggling the most in a specific situation. And this is an example of one such situation. So maybe you've got two slightly older dogs, let's say, or calmer dogs who are excited to see you, but they're not wild. They've seen you come home 50,000 times before and they know (laughs) that it's exciting, but it's not the best thing ever. Whereas maybe this younger dog or this more exuberant dog still just goes from zero to 100 when you come home. They're like, mama dad is here woohoo um so it might be that you concentrate your efforts on that one dog so often it can be a bit overwhelming thinking oh my gosh like how do I focus on all of them at once well the answer to that might be that you don't need to so perhaps you sprinkle a huge amount of food on the ground let the two two or three four or five calmer ones work on that And then you take the more exuberant one and you do a more intense treasure hunt outside with them. So making it a little bit harder and a bit a bit of a longer activity. So do feel as though you can split them. You don't have to treat every dog the same because they're all going to have different needs and different scenarios and situations. So really think about how you can tailor it to fit your household. Remember, any tips and advice that we ever give on the podcast, you can mold them, you can change them, you can make them fit how it will work for you there is definitely not one size fits all when it comes to working with dogs but also when it comes to working with families you've got to make it work for you 
Okay, I hope that's helpful. The third part of our series on jumping up and I will speak to you guys soon. Take care. Hi there, thanks for listening. Don't forget, if you are a dog training professional and you would like some more support with the emotional side of working with dogs and their people, so not so much learning how to train, but actually how to work with anxiety and depression and some of those really tough days when it comes to being a dog professional, then make sure you check out the link in the show notes. If you are listening before we launch this, then it will be a waiting list for you to join. And if it's after our launch date, then you can come ahead and see if you would like to become a member so it's all about providing a supportive confidential space for people to talk about some of the challenges of working with dogs and their people and to have it respected supported and listened to okay take care